0: Hey guys, welcome to 30-something with Sunny. This is the podcast where we talk all about motherhood, self-care, and second chapters. We love a good reinvention story, right? Um, I'm so excited about today's episode. We are talking all about how not to murder your partner on lockdown. Okay, maybe not seriously, but how to maintain relationships when we are around our partners and our family for more extended periods of time than ever. So Sarah Rice is our guest. She is a marriage and family therapy associate based in California, but you probably remember her from her stint on reality TV. She was on the Real World Brooklyn. She did a ton of challenge shows on MTV. And as I said, she is now a practicing therapist, therapy associate based in California. She is also the host of the Brain Candy Podcast, which, guys, is so delightful. I love this show. It's a show that kind of has something for both sides of your brain that part that craves the fun, silly stuff and the part that wants to continue to learn. So she hosts the Brain Candy podcast along with fellow reality TV alum and Pittsburgh native. Shout out to my girl, Susie Meister. These girls are magic to listen to uh, on their podcast, so I've been thoroughly enjoying their episodes. These days, Sarah is counseling her patients remotely because so many of us are working from home. And one of the things she says she is hearing over and over again is, how do I stop myself from just screaming at my partner? Okay, so... Coexisting with someone under the same roof 24-7 can be tough, but Sarah is here with tips on how to maintain your sanity and even your sex drive while you're locked up under the same roof for these extended periods of time. We even talk about what specifically to do for both men and women to get you in the mood, because honestly, getting busy like falls to the bottom of the list when you're just trying to get by. We even talk about ways to connect with your kids during this time, how to let them know what's going on without scaring them. We get very specific, and Sarah is full of great advice on things you can start doing like today to start loving up on your partner and yourself a little more. So I will be back on the flip side to tell you more. But in the meantime, enjoy this interview with Sarah Rice. All right, guys, welcome to this episode of 30-something. Sarah, thank you so much for being on this show. I dropped into your DMs. They did a little Insta-stalking. So thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. Oh,
1: thank you for having
0: me. So as soon as I found out, I'm sure like many people around the world that I was going to be um, in lockdown or in quarantine with just my family <laughs> for months on end, I feel like a bad person, but I really worried uh, about this, <laughs> you the future okay. stability. Yeah. I mean, are, are you talking to so many people about this these days?
1: Uh, yeah. You know, uh, the a lot of the things I'm dealing with are interpersonal communication issues and relationship things because the situation that we're in right now is kind of, um, not kind of, very much so, put a magnifying glass on any problem or it, it, it really magnifies anything, whether that's good or bad. So if the relationships are good, people can feel much uh, like more stronger and, and even more connected. But if there are, you know, minor communication issues, those can seem even bigger right now because of Yeah, I think that everybody's in.
0: It's difficult. And I know that people are in different sort of stages of, um, you know, shift. Some people, there's one person working outside of the house still. Some people are both working from home. Um, I I keep reading that scheduling is a good thing. Do you agree that that is? And if so, like, how do you break your day down? Because I know, speaking from someone, uh, you know, for myself, I've been in a long term relationship. It can feel kind of clinical to be like, okay, honey, for the next two hours, don't look at me, <laughs> but, but you might, you might need to, I don't know.
1: Yeah. You know, it's important to understand the needs of each person in the relationship and, but also like just a schedule and keeping a routine because there's not much that we can control right now. The reason why a schedule is so good is because it's something that we can control and it's something that gives us a sense of normalcy. It's something that gives us a sense of, you know, like time moving forward And, you know, sometimes I've talked to people who are like, I don't even know what day it is because it's hard to, to really feel normal with what we're going through right now. So creating a schedule, which may look different for both people. I think it's really important during this time to have compassion for what your partner's needs are and as well as compassion for what your own needs are. And in order to do that, you first have to have like kind of check in and have an understanding of what your own needs are and first be able to ask yourself, how can I meet my own needs? And then if you recognize there are some things that maybe needs that you can't meet on your own, to know how you can uh, uh, ask your partner to help in that area or kind of get them involved in helping with those things that you need. You know, I really feel like this is a difficult time people have children and the the, um, doling out of like domestic responsibilities so there are a lot of different factors here and kind of, it's important to look at what's really going on. What are the things that, that we need? And you first have to do some self-reflection to get those answers.
0: Yeah. And this time is revealed to so many of us that we've really never taken that time to just stop right. enough to even know ourselves, which is scary because if we're trying to manage a relationship first, we should know, like you said, who we are and what it is we need. I think that a lot of people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I've like lost touch with who I am as a person a long time ago. So how do you advise someone, especially like I said, who's, who's also trying to manage a relationship on top of this um, to first get in touch with who it is they are?
1: Mm-hmm. So I tell, you know, almost pretty much all my clients that it's, uh, give use the analogy that we all start the day with a hundred dollars in our emotional bank account. And as we go through our day, the different things that we uh, deal with, the different encounters that we have, the different um, problems that we're faced with, they take a little bit of that money. We kind of give that a little bit of that money out. And there are some Mm -hmm. things that we do that put money back into that bank account. Things like self care, things like, you know, taking time as a family, anything that kind of fills that bank account. So right now we are at a time where even if we have a very good understanding of the reality of what's going on, even if we, um, you know, are in healthy relationships, you can really imagine it as a significant chunk of that hundred emotional dollars that you start the day with. Might as well just crumble up and throw in the garbage because it's already gone. Yeah, so you're already starting the day at a deficit. You're already starting the day down, maybe. To 75 we We're on a regular day you would have started with 100. So what does this do to us? What happens is that throughout the course of the day the normal things that problems that would present themselves We're recognizing oh, dang. I'm really reacting to that in a different way like this My the, the things that my husband does that maybe you don't usually bother me. Oh my god Are they bothering me now? I don't even like how he's breathing like those kind of things are heightened because We don't have enough emotional dollars in our bank account to be able to deal with the normal stuff. So in order to fill that back up, we have to take an active effort to do little mood boosters, to do things that feel good to us, to do things that we need so that we can be at a hundred. And I think a lot of times people kind of want to to go, you know, I'm going to create a schedule, but -hmm. it's going to be same old, same old my schedule is going to look like I get up in the morning, I brush my teeth, I wash my face, I um, you know, get dressed, I have breakfast, I do this many hours of work, I take a small break to uh, whatever, but it looks really similar to what a normal day would be, which, you know, great and fine, but nowhere in there is time for a mood booster, time for things that would give money to that bank account. So when we say, oh, we need to develop a schedule, a big important part of that schedule is actually adding things in there
0: mm-hmm.
1: that will boost that bank account that will put you, you know, give you money, give you emotional dollars, give you things that will give you enough in that bank account to get through the stuff we're dealing with and the difficulties of the day. So it could be, and and so adding things like, um, you know, and a lot of times it feels like it's going to be different for every person. It might be listening to a song you really like, sending an encouraging message to a friend and actually scheduling that and making that part of your schedule because we have to do these things more so we have to put more effort into boosting our mood and feeling good and, and taking care of ourselves if we're going to go in and move throughout our day and be in the normal relationships that we're in.
0: Yeah, I think so many women caretakers that we tend to be. I hate to generalize, but I, I'm, that is just how it oh, is, right? Yeah, sure. I, I think you know now more than ever we are in like beast mode, right? We're like, okay, now I got to be a teacher, and now I got to be, you know, um, a, a cleaner of the house, and I, it, it it's just like um, I, I think my big issue, and, and what I'm hearing echoed from a lot of friends is like, I, I don't even know where to start to get through the day anymore because my day is now five people's jobs all in one so for someone who's kind of vibing at that level uh, what do you tell them where to start and how to prioritize that because everyone's needs are now all our jobs totally so a lot of it is just checking expectations and maybe
1: readjusting expectations. So if we have the expectation that we're going to be conquering every single one of these things head on, like we normally would when we had that hundred dollars in the bank account, it's, we're going to be very disappointed. Right. So in, and you kind of have to think of like, what, where do we start? Where do we start in all of this? Just like you were saying. And really, I think it, it the the most important thing and what can be so valuable about this time is to... You know spend it doing some reflection you know we're all under the same roof if you are in a house with all your family have a meal where you guys sit down and talk about what is important mm-hmm. maybe make make it fun make it an activity where you guys draw a family tree together with your family's name in the middle and then on each branch you write something that's important the value for your family uh you know time spent laughing um out being outdoors um, having a connection to something spiritual, whatever it is, but you guys as a family come together. What I promise won't be on that tree is getting to like, making sure that I have a perfect looking wardrobe, um, you know, making sure like, uh, so a lot of things that maybe used to be the ones that were really important to us, uh, hitting the next benchmark in my like financial success and blah, blah, blah. Of course, all those things are great goals. Wonderful. But yeah. Would they be on that tree, on that family tree, with on those branches
0: of yeah. things that are important? It is humbling, I, I must say. And I mean, oh. I always thought I was a person who had my priorities straight. And I, I think I do. But then you're pummeled with something like this. And I think the emotional exhaustion of having to reprioritize everything. And, and it's, it, wow, we spent a lot of time doing really unimportant stuff, usually. Really unimportant. Oh you know? my gosh. Wait, a, a, whole,
1: a lot of us have realized
0: this. Yes, yeah.
1: absolutely. I mean, I just think about the time I spent doing returns. <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't know whether I need to stop buying stuff I don't like or whether I just need to give up on the return process.
0: But goodness gracious. That's, that's like my husband. Now that I don't understand those lines. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. I, I laugh. He he still has these shipments coming in. He'll like, he'll like buy things in like groups of 10. And I'm like, you, I can't even... I can't understand how he gets them back out the door for returns. I'm not the type of person when I buy something, even if I don't like it, I'm just like, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah because it's that is something that you don't value putting time into and is not important to you. Yeah. So that wouldn't be on your list of things that you've given up and decided that's clearly not important to me, right. but it's on mine. So it's like <laughs> understanding what are things that maybe I've put more effort into that I don't need to reprioritize and give yourself a little bit of compassion to, and, 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 Um, I guess, permission to maybe push back on some of the things that you thought were things that you wanted or thought were things Mm -hmm. that were important. What's the
0: biggest complaint that you're hearing from uh, married couples or people like living under the same roof right now? Are you hearing any Um, of the same complaints? a
1: A lot of people are talking about intimacy issues that have come up. Yes,
0: because who wants yeah. to have sex when you're just Nobody. Nobody. Ah, I mean, damn. It's hard to get in the mood.
1: <laughs> of course, because if you think about it, a lot of us are in, whether we know it or not, we are in this weird survival mode where our brain, in a way, there's this, this anticipatory grief. There's this feeling that there's a danger out there in the future, but we don't. We can't see it. We don't know what it is. So our brain is like in that fight or flight survival mode, like sensing that, oh, I don't know, there's not really a lot of security right now. And if you think about it, of like that fight or flight, like a gazelle being chased by a lion on the plains of Africa, do you think that lion or that gazelle is going to be like, oh, I'd like to go get busy in the bushes over there? No, he's running from a lion. He's got other things to worry about. Bigger things. Want to go get busy. That is not on this to-do list. So that is kind of how you have to think about us right now. We do not want to do that. And yes, those things are important. They're very important and they can be so helpful and so healing, but- we need to recognize what gets us in that mood. For women, it's oxytocin. For men, it's testosterone. So here's where a lot of the trouble lies is that in order for men to boost up their testosterone levels, they need to spend time alone. They need to spend time. That's why when you get in a fight with a guy, they'll always be like, oh, I got to go. I need a few mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of like women are like speedboats and men are like barges. Men are slow moving. <laughs> they take a lot of time to change. You have to give them a ton of warning that the turn is coming up. <laughs> and then they'll slowly move and adjust Love it. and a woman's like no oh, i'm gonna change so quick and like maybe sometimes <laughs> too fast and she ends up like crashing on the rocks so women in order to raise that oxytocin up they need connection they need human interaction that's why the woman's like no i don't want to i want to talk about it let's sit here and let's connect over this issue and talk about it until oh, we're blooming face so <laughs> so instead of trying to get that from each other because the man's gonna be like, I need time alone. The woman's gonna be like, no, no, no. And so what happens, you have one person approaching and one person moving away, and that then just gets intimacy further and further like off the table. Mm -hmm. What we need to do is each person needs to be able to do those things that get them to that place where they can feel safe, secure, and ready to be intimate and not in that fight or flight mode. So maybe that means the Uh, one partner taking time and you know and also I want to say this is for a male-female partnership right and so I'm being specific about it just being in a heterosexual couple I know there are many different kinds of couples out there and this is like you know so this is like a prescription just for this particular duo so the woman in order to get to that place has to recognize what she needs to feel safe secure and comfortable maybe that's communicate a good um, FaceTime chat with some girlfriends maybe that's Um, you know, something where she can feel human connection and raise those levels up to feel safe, secure, and comfortable man on the other side, other, other hand, maybe that's why they have like man caves and stuff where he needs time to go off. And like, whether that means, oh, he needs to go on a run the best time for sex, right when he gets back from a run, right. When he gets back from being alone, the best time for a woman, right. When she gets off the phone with her girlfriends, you know, and recognizing because those oxytocin levels will be highest, and that testosterone level will be highest, and you know sometimes middle of the day that's be- I know kids are around, it's really hard. Okay, that's what locks I mean, are for. Mom, you just make get, it happen. for oh, that, that? that? <laughs> who's doing it with kids? I mean, come on, uh, oh,
0: girl. The struggle, the struggle is real. But I, oh, I like, yeah, I really water. like, I love the specificity though because you're right. You're saying this stuff, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're right. I feel most in tune with my body and my emotions and myself when I feel like I'm having several points of connection in my world. And so I'm going to take that advice and just like, it's, it's hard though. Like you said, you know, we feel best about ourselves again, like you said, we're sort of speaking blanket, but I'm speaking from my personal experience. I feel most connected with myself when I am able to be in the greater world and and connect with people. And this time has been so difficult for so many of us because the added responsibility has just made it, um, there's just like some, there's some bitterness there. I'm seeing so much stuff flying around on social media um, saying, you know, I want my child to be educated. I appreciate that this is something they have to do, but I'm not a teacher and I'm horrible at this job. And it's like, I mean, people are angry right now. So it's almost like we have to get through the anger and the denial that this is life. This is where how we're living right now and then move beyond it to everything else. But It's tough. Mm -hmm. It's just really tough right now. And I read something that um, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. The pandemic itself, of course, will um, run its course as it does in whatever timeline. But someone just shared this article yesterday that said, you know, life will never be the same after this. You do. How how will the world look different? Peer into your crystal ball, because that is a very disconcerting thought for someone who is anxious like I am. (laughs)
1: You know, you can look at it two different ways. You can think of it as, oh, this is just concerning that the world will never be the same. Or you can say, you can say two, same sentence said two different ways. The world will never be the same. Or the world will never be the same. Mm -hmm. We know that uh, it it might make it so um, healthcare workers get more credit and recognition Mm -hmm. so that we have hazard pay that goes to the, uh, uh, Um, like sanitation workers and people who work with our trash. We could, it could change the relationship that we have with our aging population and the elderly community. And we, yes, it will absolutely change. That does not all necessarily mean change the bad. It could mean just like we were talking about in the beginning of, of recognizing what are the things that we really value? What are the things that are really important? You know, can I maybe, Uh, uh, give a little over here to get a little more connection and and compassion and humanity in this way you know and it might be even something simple you know I work as a therapist I do a lot of sessions uh, uh, or used to do a lot of sessions face-to-face and in the office some people might go oh my gosh this was so great being able to do therapy like from my own house I don't have to worry about getting a sitter and all that and I'd like to keep doing therapy online. And maybe a lot of jobs we can see, we can now move online or kind of redo like a change in, in the industries and, and kind of things like that. But Mm -hmm. we are the one, I mean, we kind of like decide whether something is good or bad. Nothing is in and of itself a good or bad. We just label it that way. I like that perspective. I do. do. And If and if you love the rain, it's a great day when it's raining outside. If you hate the rain, it's a bad day. It is all a matter of perspective.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, I, yeah, I I think um, I've heard several people say now too that, They will take lessons from this moment, not only for themselves, but for their relationship too. Like, you know, not taking certain things for granted, Uh, you know, our independence, our ability to go out into the world and then come back together as a couple. So I I like that perspective. I'm going to try to hold on to that because man, I scrolled through that article yesterday and I was like, okay. I mean, it was, it was it's, it's just a, it's unprecedented times. I want to get your thoughts on this. People are making a lot of statements about the compatibility of introverts and extroverts at a time like this. So what are your thoughts Mm -hmm. on, particularly during a period of stress, like we're under where um, couples are spending extra time together? Are you seeing more success when partnerships are that opposite match, introvert, extrovert? Do they tend to thrive under these conditions?
1: Well, so a lot of people have a misunderstanding of the term introvert and extrovert. And we think an extrovert is that person who's really gregarious and outgoing and like, Ooh, they're all like, I don't know, big talkers and very loud. And an introvert's like quiet and keeps to themselves. When really, if you look at like the true definition of extrovert and introvert is an extrovert is somebody who gets their energy from being surrounded by other people and being in uh, 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 the presence of other people, that makes them like revs them up gives them energy and refills the tank then there are people who need solitude they need time alone I to a lot of people who I mean I was on reality television (laughs) I speak I have a podcast I speak professionally for like hours on end in front of people you would think oh my gosh she's an extrovert through and through no that's what I do for work but I need my alone time I need to rev up by you know having time like really to myself that makes me feel good so it's understanding what the individual needs to to fuel the tank to put you know i don't know gas back in their car and that may be difficult right now if you have an introvert they're like oh yeah this is great i'm alone and it's wonderful and you know i am noticing that clients who are more introverted and also clients who have a lot of anxiety tend to be thriving right now I mean not thriving but all things considered i mean, always thriving but maybe the paper towel company is in the toilet paper <laughs> yeah. company, but that's about it yeah but we, they, they are handling I should say they're coping really well because often with anxiety you're like I'm really anxious I don't know where to put this I know I'm gonna freak out over the house burning down and and I don't, Because I, I don't know where to put all these feelings. Well, now they finally have something to dump all these feelings of anxiety into. So they're like, oh, yeah, it's all the pandemic stuff. That's where I can put it. And I, I know where to put all these feelings, right over here. And the introverts are like, oh yeah, welcome to staying at home. It's great, it's wonderful. Where the problem can be is if you have somebody who wants to go spend time with others and now they're readjusting to a life where they can't go and they can't get that same connection, but if that person can recognize how they can make those social connections and refuel and re-energize, like I have a boyfriend who's very much an extrovert and really gets his energy from connecting to friends. So he and his buddies have like a, a, like a you know, sort of happy hour where they meet up and they chat and he, you know goes in the other room and talks to them. And there are a bunch of apps for that that you can use where you can like play Pictionary with a bunch of people. And yes, it will be different, but it can give them those same payouts and those same benefits and, and understanding that that is what your partner needs and not feeling offended by it. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like when he's like, Oh, I'm going to go in the other room and I'm going to go, you know, talk to my friends and do that whole thing. If I take it as, Oh, he doesn't want to be with me, then that would be, you know, not good. But if I recognize that that's how he needs to fill his tank, that's how he needs to you know, decompress from a long day and, you know, feel good. Oh yeah, go ahead, go do that. And so both partners understanding and having compassion and, and giving permission to, to do what they need to do to re-energize. And that may be the other person saying, you know, I'm going to go and read a book, which if one partner who's the extrovert is like, they don't want to be with me. They, they, they want to like go read a book. They must not like me. They must be mad at me. I must've done something wrong. Then you know, you can have a problem. But if that partner understands that that they are you know married to or living with an introvert who needs to go read a book to feel you know calm and,
0: and good and, and re-energized,
1: then yeah, go ahead read that book. We just can't really take anything personally at this
0: time. right. I wonder how many couples will come out of this um, like bound for breakup or divorce. I ask that in all seriousness because we are okay. we are revealing ourselves for who we truly are. So I'm just wondering if there's gonna be some big, Boom! After things settle, that people are going to have a change in their relationship status. Well, who knows? You know, it, I, it's kind of like I said before. It's really, it's
1: there. There is a magnifying glass mm-hmm. on problems right now. Problems and and on everything right now. Right, right. So it will It will definitely magnify anything that's going on because you don't have those normal uh, uh,
0: coping strategies, and mm-hmm. you don't have that means of escape or or things for action like yeah mm-hmm. um what are some good questions that we can ask our partners i mean if if we're trying to be productive and um you know use this like you said shifting our perspective as a period of growth for our relationship what are some questions we can ask our partners even if we've been with them for years to get to know them a little better or to spark meaningful conversations so
1: this is one that i think we can use with our partners or with anybody you know who we're close with even with our children
0: um You know, we've been doing a lot of talk
1: about like, wow, you know, how, how are you doing through all this? What's going on through all this? And we kind of give like the surface level answer, but there's, oh, you know, how are you doing through all this? And then the, the deeper, you know, how is this really affecting you? How is this changing you, you know, on a day to day basis? Like how is this affecting your mood and really just getting to those deeper, that, that, of the underneath the yeah this is crazy but oh isn't it weird and like oh Mm -hmm. you know work stuff and blah blah but so in understanding you know like that even if we can manage even if we have good perspective on you know the 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 dangers that are out there and and what's really going on this is still affecting us this is Mm -hmm. still taking away some of those emotional dollars and so just starting every day or, or at some point in the day, having a time to connect and just recognize that and just say like, and when, the men, when there are maybe um, reactions that may seem more intense or more heightened, or maybe your partner's more withdrawn or more distant to recognize that it might be, if we zoom out on what's going on, and look at this from a huge, like macro level, not just on a micro level. This is like w- crazy stuff mm-hmm. that is is really affecting us, whether we are aware of it or not. And to understand that that any reaction that may be um, out of the ordinary or something that we don't like could be is is most likely related to mm-hmm. the situation that we're in. So thinking like, is this how this person would react if, you know, we weren't cooped up and and on lockdown for the last however many days and with, you know, who knows how long we're going to be in this situation. And so just to add those moments and the same way I was saying that we have to do things to boost that emotional bank account. It's almost like your relationship has its own emotional bank account where you have one person, one partner, the other partner, and then your relationship in a separate one. And both people have to be doing things to boost that relationship, checking in, and, and you know, like you said, kind of having that curiosity. If you mm-hmm. think about when you and your husband first got together and you you, when you guys were on your first dates, isn't there like a curiosity that you have about him of like, what's your favorite band? What do you like to listen to? Like, what's your like, you know, top five desert island, like?
0: Books or whatevs. Yeah. When was the last time you guys talked about that kind of stuff? Guess, yeah, that's true. I mean, it's yeah. um, it, those little things I, I think do matter in those little points it's- of connection because you're right. We get into patterns in our daily life and it's so easy to just forget about who that person is as an individual. And as you're talking to, I'm, I'm, this thought came to mind and I'm curious to get your opinion. Seems like a good time to help our kids develop their emotional intelligence too. And I know there's different advice based on the ages. So, you know, maybe we don't want to be talking to our five-year-olds about widespread death, Mm -hmm. but um, you know, uh, can you give us advice if we want to be um, frank and honest with our children about what's going on without scaring
1: them? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's always important to, to teach emotions and to teach emotions and how they feel. I think the best thing that that can be age appropriate across the board is identifying emotions and what those feel like. So a lot of times, you know, even as adults we will say, Ooh, I feel scared. How do you know you feel scared? What signals go off in your body telling you that you feel scared? So a lot of times we, you know, we get in this place where we, we sort of think about everything from the neck up. We're doing a lot of thinking. We're doing a lot of worrying. We're doing a lot of, uh, 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 you know, all of, all of that anxiety is like worrying about what's going to happen in the future. Depression is worrying about what happened in the past, things that we can't even change. And so all of that exists all like in these thoughts in our heads. So instead, if we just practice checking in with the body, how do we feel right now? And helping our kids learn how to check in with how they're feeling will give them a language to talk about emotions. Okay, so how do you feel right now? Um, I feel uh, uh, wiggly. Okay, I feel a little wiggly in my chair. Okay, well maybe that's like kind of she's anxious. Okay, well what is what what else does it feel like? Oh, where do you feel? Does it feel like your heart is racing? And so helping kids like identify what they're feeling, and and where they that they feel that in their body will also help them control those feelings. So if you find that you have a kid who is really, um, you know, anxious after being cooped up all day, because who the heck isn't? So what does that feel like in your body? How can we do some deep breathing? And let's let's do five big deep breaths. And let's check in with those wiggles after doing five deep breaths. I bet that you don't feel as wiggly now. Oh no, I don't. So what do we just do? We just taught the kid how to identify. An emotion and feeling of anxiousness in their body we gave them a coping strategy and we showed them the difference between before using it and after using it so it's just incorporating those little things and and
0: into your day that i know they kind of sound silly to do but they're very no, impactful it doesn't no we do we do deep breathing with my kids and like at first then sometimes still they're like uh, okay mom but like it works you know i have one child who's just I mean, he gets, he comes by it honestly because he's my child, but he is, has so many questions about things that at nighttime it can be, he's like, okay, but what if this happens? What if that happens? And how does this work? And what, and I have to be like, I know you have so many questions, but we need to learn how to quiet our minds. And I, I feel for them because I know that they're going to take after me and a an an anxious mind or even a curious mind is just one that's really difficult to calm in times like these. So I just love hearing those practical tips because that is something you, you can do tonight with your kids. And I, I, it works for us. I know that. There is
1: a wonderful, wonderful book um, by Dr. Daniel Siegel that's called The Whole Brain Child. Mm -hmm. And um, he has online videos. He's done Ted Talks. He's anything you can find. Um, He is really good at working with kids and helping them kind of control their mind. And there is a technique that he uses called the wheel of awareness, where if you think of it as a bicycle wheel, where you have the um, hub of the bicycle on the inside and then all the little spokes that come out and then a tire around it. He says that everything that happens in our external world is like the tire of the bicycle. That is like, mm, uh, uh, you know, the what's going on uh, environmentally or contextually or within our family or uh, you know how we do in school—all those things—all external. And at the center of the hub is who we are. That's never changing. That's fixed. That's that's unconditionally loved. That that is and and helping a child understand what those things are. Who he is at the core, at the center of the hub. So, that all those questions that your child asks, those are, he can imagine, are like little journeys out from the center of that hub toward <laughs> the tire on that spoke. And he gets all caught up in the outside of the wheel of the tire with all these external things. Oh, what's this over there? What's going to happen? What, why did the sky turn blue? Why? What happens if my ceiling fan collapses on me and falls down the middle of that? All these things that, that was an example from the book.
0: That happened to me, by the way, which is probably I blame for all of my neuroses and like in, as was a child. That so. was
1: the <laughs> thing that happened out there. And yeah. so rather we can worry about all these things that happen externally, but instead we got to take a trip down one of those folks and return to the middle of the hub. What are some things that you definitely know? You might not know why the sky is blue. Who has time to answer that right now at about ten o'clock at night when it's time to go to bed? What are things that you do know? You do know, you know, how much your family loves you. You do know. So focusing instead on like what's at the center of that hub will help a child build his self confidence. Will help a child feel like no matter what's happening exter- externally, I know these things are never changing. And so focusing on the things that you, that are are fixed, that are never changing can be so helpful in a world that is always changing and is very unpredictable right now.
0: I love that. That is so beautiful. And that is something that I'm going to immediately put to use. And I I think that's Helps a child to understand to even using that um, that imagery. I love that. Okay, I can't let you go without asking about your podcast. I see one of your beloved fiddly figs in the background here yes. that I have talk about. So, um, tell us about the Brain Candy podcast. You guys, you and Susie have such an amazing chemistry, and oh. it's so fun to listen to. So, tell us all about it.
1: She is my best friend. We uh, we call it uh, candy for your left brain and right brain. So mm-hmm. we just try to take fun, exciting stories, things like an uh, uh, interesting history of that you probably didn't know, um, and make it entertaining, make it educational. We've heard that it's an excellent podcast to listen to if you don't know what to talk about on a first date, because oh, that's we, true. Have, yeah. we have like or like, you know, it's a, it's a, uh, an office party and you uh, feel awkward in, in, you know, maybe you are that introvert and you're like, I don't know what to say in a group of people. I guarantee you,
0: we have a million things in our episode that you The can scope is just like so broad. And We've I was like thinking, it. who, do you guys both like equally research that stuff? Or like, do you go into each episode with like, you know, I have five things today and you have five, like, how does it work?
1: You know, uh, we each kind of take an episode and you know, kind of trade off every other, and there's just so much information out there, and there's so many new exciting things coming out that uh, that the it's it's endless. The material is is endless. So we just you know found things that were really interesting to us, and um, you know try to talk about them in a light, fun way, and where you laugh and you learn. And you know, as long as Netflix keeps giving me great documentaries like Tiger King. I can give this, s- this train. I haven't the
0: started topic. it. Is it good? Is it as good oh. as everybody says? Really. Good is, is a. a, a, a- a word you could use. <laughs> um, uh, Fascinating. I would use those as well. Yeah. Yes. yeah that's awesome. Oh, yes. Well, You guys are, I mean, it's just so fun to listen to you. I feel like I, I know you from having listened. So oh, thank um, you, much. Thank yes, you so cute. much for, and tell us again, before we go where we can find you, I know I said it's called Brain Candy Podcast, but tell us your socials and any big projects you might have coming up that you want to tell mm-hmm.
1: us about too. Find us the at you and Brain Candy Pod on. Uh, Instagram. Um, You can also follow me at I'm Sarah Rice on Instagram. Um, I also offer my services as a marriage and family therapist uh, and uh, work with families and couples and individuals and all online right now. So if anybody is interested in that, I'm available for that as well. And yeah please contact us tune in to the podcast we do two episodes a week and so we're always coming out with fun new material we have a monthly book club that you can subscribe to that we do on a sliding scale so we want to make sure everybody who loves books can be a part of the book club um we have memberships from nine dollars zero dollars to nine dollars you just let us know what you want to pay and you can be a part of it the meetings are monthly and they're so much fun and we read great books we always like laugh and cry and drink wine it's so much fun
0: so, so, so appropriate for this time too, to meet virtually exactly. for all of this stuff. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, Sarah, thank you so much. I truly appreciate your time. Ooh, it's been a real pleasure. See you soon. All right, take care. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of 30 something with Sunny. Sarah was so fun to talk to. I'm so grateful. She let me pick her brain. Like she said, you can follow her on Instagram at I'm Sarah Rice. That's I M. S-A-R-A-H-R-I-C-E. You can also check out the Brain Candy podcast with her and Susie. I promise you, you will love it. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe for this show, too. I would appreciate it. That is definitely my toddler talking in the background. I will see you guys next week with more good stuff here on 30-something. Thank you so much for listening.